konnichiwa and welcome to the board game dojo's quick hit series where we try to cover a small topic in about 15 minutes today's episode is all about the quick hits and misses for september these are the games we played that either nailed it and are going to stay in our collection or we are getting rid of them so let's just get right into it because we have quite a few games to cover today The first game to cover is Point Salad. Point Salad is an easy-to-learn card drafting game in which players on their turn have the choice of which cards to draft from the market. They can either draft scoring cards or ingredient cards. The scoring cards say something like, for each pair of lettuce cards you have, you get 5 points. And that scoring card only applies to the player who draws it, so if you have a lot of lettuce, that card is terrific for you. There's a couple tiny rules, but that's pretty much the game. It boils down to draw one scoring card, or draw two ingredient cards that allows you to score. Or, in our case, we have the Eevee version from South Korea, so we are drawing the Evolutions. I had played this game a few times on Board Game Arena and thought, hey, this isn't bad, why don't I grab a copy and see if the family likes it? And my wife absolutely loved it. She immediately wanted to play again, and then again. The flow of the game is so quick and the concept so immediately accessible that it can be enjoyed from the very first game. Something I really appreciate. This one is a keep. The next game is Azul, which is a straight-up modern classic now, I believe. It is an abstract tile-laying game in which you'll place the starburst-looking tiles out on discs, four tiles per disc. On your turn, you'll be trying to fill up the rows on your board by selecting all of the same color tiles on a disc or from the middle. But the kicker happens when there are too many of a particular color and you don't have room on your board, because then you lose points when you grab them. So it's all about when to grab which tiles, which I should mention are randomly selected from the bag each round. It probably doesn't make sense listening, but I invite you to go on YouTube and look this one up. There's tons of videos about it, and with good reason, it's a phenomenal game. And luckily enough, my wife agreed. This is her most requested game of the month saying how addictive it is to try to do better the next time and being able to watch herself get better at it. It should be noted that this game also has an excellent board game arena implementation to try it out before you buy it, but that it also is almost a different game at two players than four. Four players is a lot more about yourself, trying to just make the best board possible with what you're given, but two is cutthroat because you are hate drafting and trying to block your opponent as much as trying to make a good board for yourself. I love this game at both player counts, I think I actually like it best at 3 so you get a bit of both styles, and this game won't be leaving the collection anytime soon. Onitama is a 2 player game that is a chess like abstract strategy game. The rules are simple, each player has 2 movement cards in front of them that might be something like you can move forward or to the side but not backwards. Some allow you to move diagonal or maybe move 2 spaces forward. Each of these movement cards are different. You'll use these movement cards to move your pawns and master one movement card at a time, either trying to get your master to the other player's starting spot or taking out their master pawn for the win. However, the thing that makes this game interesting is that when you use a movement card, you put that card in the middle and take the card from the middle into your hand. What this means is that when you use a movement card, you are effectively giving it to your opponent to use on their next turn. So it not only becomes about which movement card best helps you, but it's about balancing what movement cards help them, and how you can stay away from the possible movements they can do on their next turn. 
there's a lot to think about with this game, and many of these chess-like games try to capture the feeling of chess without all the rules and necessity of memorizing openings and board positions. However, this game still feels like chess. It still tickles the same parts of the brain, constantly needing to forward plan and use the spatial planning abilities you have. For me, I never got into chess, but enjoy putzing around on the app from time to time when I have a couple minutes on the train. My wife hated this game, though. I didn't know this before playing, but she hated her times playing chess, and so this didn't feel far enough removed from that to make her want to play it again. It is both a good and a bad thing, I suppose. If you like chess but want a simpler version with some interesting decisions, this game will suit you quite well. But if you don't like chess, this isn't going to be your thing. It almost feels like one of those deconstructed dishes you see on the Food Network, where they pull everything apart from a complicated dish and break it down into its parts and serve it as a salad or something. Let's say it's a deconstructed PB&J. Sure, it looks different, you eat it differently, but it still has the elements of a PB&J. For some, it's a new and interesting twist on a classic, but for others who hate peanut butter, this isn't going to impress them. And now I'm hungry. This is going to be an upcoming video, so I'm not going to talk too much about it, but this is a little hidden gem game that we cracked open this month. And this is called Cat Sudoku. In Cat Sudoku, you are playing a Sudoku roll and write puzzle by rolling dice and putting numbers on this giant grid. You can put the numbers anywhere you want, but if at any point you write a number that already exists in the same row or column, you lose points, like Sudoku. You also lose points for putting the same number in an adjacent diagonal spot, or for being out of sync with the other players by leaving spots on your board open on purpose. It gave us the same feeling we had playing Calico, which is a weirdly apt comparison since they both prominently feature cats, although this one is really, like, no theme. But what I mean by the comparison to Calico is that while playing it, I'm not sure I'm having fun necessarily, but rather it's a stressful experience. Because the scoring is you start with 100 points and then you lose points. It, it feels more stressful than the normal game where you're just trying to gain points. Every mistake feels bad. Like when you know you can no longer score the bonus tile in Calico. But it's an addictive loop because you just want to play again and again trying to just do better. And Cat Sudoku features three difficulty levels so that as you improve, the game gets harder and it gives you that stress all over again. Stay tuned for our full review video for this. Draftosaurus. Hey, it's a dinosaur game. I don't have too many of these actually. I never really got into dinosaurs. But this is a fun drafting game where each player has a handful of dinosaurs they need to place in the park for points. One player rolls the dice that determines the placement rules for the other players, like they can only put a dinosaur in the right side of their park, or in the restaurant area. Each pen in the park scores differently. For example, one pen scores an increasing amount of points for the number of the same species in it. Or a different one scores points for putting pairs of the same dino species. You'll place one dinosaur in a pen and then pass the rest of them that are in your hand to the next player. Someone else will roll the placement die, and you'll do the same thing. This will go on until everyone is out of dinos, then you'll do it all again, continuing your park from the first round. After two rounds, the game is over. I've played this one a bunch on Board Game Arena. It's one of the games where I hadn't even had it on my radar until I got invited to play on there and thought it was a pleasant game. And that's how I describe it. Pleasant. There's two sides of the board to spice it up, and now there are two new expansions that add a new part to the board. I vastly prefer the marina one, that allows you to send dinos down the river, which is actually river not meaning you kill them. We didn't really enjoy it that much at 2, I think 3 or definitely 4 is a sweet spot for this game. 
But it's inoffensive, and if you have any kids that love dinosaurs, this is probably one of the more accessible drafting games out there. Let's go over one of the who-knows-how-many-codenames variants, the two-player cooperative version Codenames Duet. This one just completely flew me by, as I honestly got Codenames fatigue. Whether it was from so many podcasters and YouTubers talking about it, or the countless versions there are, I just wanted nothing to do with these games. But my local target was clearancing this off, so I thought, why not? And you know what? It's not bad. In it, you are working with your partner to, like codenames, give one word clues so your partner can guess the words that are on the table. However, in this cooperative version, you have a timer. Each time you give a clue or the other person guesses wrong, you lose part of the time. So you need to guess the words before time runs out. It's one of those games where I don't know how many times I'll play it. We won once and lost once, and I'm honestly okay with not really playing it again. It wasn't bad by any means, but we played it three weeks ago at this point, and I haven't given it another thought. What made Codename special, in my opinion, was as much about the tension of trying to race the other team, but also in the silliness of when players would guess wrong, or when teammates would be arguing over which word the clue giver was talking about. This co-op version is just about the tension between clue giver and partner, and for some people, that's what they like best. And that tension never releases until the end of the game, which is albeit very short. I moved on from Codenames a while ago, I just enjoy Decrypto more if I want a word game like that, and if I have more than six people, I'll play a different party game. But the duet version was fine. I'm glad I only paid $5 for it. And finally, the sequel to the much-beloved Crew Quest for Planet 9, The Crew Mission Deep Sea. This is pretty much the same game, and I played this one at 4 with my parents who loved the original. And guess what? If you love the original, you'll love this one. And if you didn't, you're not gonna like this one. The sequel does improve on the randomness of the task cards because instead of just drawing, the task book will tell you the difficulty number to draw. And the task cards have number on the bath designating the difficulty level based on the player count. So for example, the task book might say five. So you draw a task with a two difficulty level and a three difficulty level. Oh, I should probably describe what this game is. The crew is a cooperative trick taker where everyone is working together to accomplish tasks like this person can only win one trick in which someone played a one, or this person needs to win three tricks with a pink suit. As you go through the campaign, which I say in air quotes because the story still isn't that riveting, it'll get more and more difficult. And there's limited communication, meaning that you have to read your teammates based on how they play. It really is a great card game that I can thank for getting lots of people into trick taking. If I were to say whether to get the first one or this one, I'd say to get this one. The cards are clear and easier to understand, and I think the system of picking task cards is improved. But it's not a crazy increase in quality. If you already have the first one still unplayed, just play that one. It's still great. Alright, well that does it for this week's Quick Hits. As always, if you enjoyed it, please leave us a 5-star review on your podcast app and take a look at us on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for joining us. We will be uploading a YouTube video for our newest series in the coming days. Sayonara! Sayonara!